Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you. And Dave has postponed his date with Minnie Mouse just for our audience here, just to make sure that he's with us for uh, a Sunday night uh, to go back over all of the action in the British Basketball League. So let's get on to it. Um, going back to Wednesday night and Plymouth City Patriots 60, Leicester Riders 77. So that confirmed at last the title for the Riders, a sixth title, five in the last six they've won, uh, which is the best bell in the history of the league. 16 trophies uh, under Rob Padanostro, and they won this game the way they've won a lot of games, Dave, on the second and third rotation, 15-8 down, and then Walker had six of an 11-0 run, and they built up a, a double-figure lead by halftime. Yeah, they couldn't sustain what they had, Plymouth Early. Um, I got done by the seven o'clock tip off time, so I missed the first 15 hit run. Mm. Uh, um, the um, game, it struck me as the, kind of the bullies getting bullied. You know, mm. Plymouth have been really quite in, in people's faces and all of that. And I thought Leicester rather quietly intimidated them in this game. You know, the Plymouth turned the ball over a lot. They didn't really want to shoot the shots that Leicester were giving them. You know that Leicester were playing off Hassan at the, in the paint, and basically it cried out for a guy just to come off come off a screen and just shoot the ball. But they didn't want to do that. They're used to getting into the paint, and when you've got someone who's six nine, six ten, like Walker or Nelson Henry, just standing there in the paint and challenging you, and a lot of wing defenders around you, you know, eventually they never had the, they never had the second way of scoring. Um, and I thought they became they were a little bit. Um, I thought, I thought they were a little bit worried by, by Leicester and I, I think they lost a lot of their bounce and they lost a little bit of their swagger mm. uh, as Leicester just kind of ground them down. Um, Leicester had a really smart game plan, as they generally do, and also you could tell that they were focused on winning the league that had been going on for too long. Mm. Um, and um, once I think they got their noses in front, as we say, the second and third rotation, it's particularly the third rotation, it's when the starters come back. And the starters come back in the middle of the second quarter, that's when that's when kind of the hammer goes down. The last five minutes of the first half um, was always the same. We, we made a really good team. It was always the same. It was the last five minutes of the first half. You start us come back in. It's like team teams can compete with you for 10 minutes, but they can't compete with you for 20 or 25 or 30. Mm. And um, I think it kind of a, 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 a something for Plymouth just to think about this is, you know, this, is, this might be how far you've came, but you've got a long, long way to go before you're up there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I sort. Um, in relation to Leicester, um, I thought Crandall was back, if I can put it that way, kind of, I thought he had more focus to his game. I mean, they haven't, they haven't lost to Plymouth in like 27 years, so... <laughs> it's so been like, a while, you know, yeah. You yeah. know, and um, I think the trip down there kind of helps them as well, because it helps them really focus in mind. And, um, yeah, I thought Crandall was was kind of looking at Wednesday and Friday and thinking that we need to get this over and done with. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't think Plymouth had a plan for him. Um, right. In fact, I'm getting quite frustrated with teams that don't appear to have any plan for him. Um, because, you know, if you let him come off the screen and roll to his right from either the middle or from the left-hand side of the floor, if you chase him over that screen and roll as he's going to his right, it's over. You've got no chance. He's like look, he's, he's a BBL version of Luka Doncic going to his right. He can throw the pass. He can get in the lane. He can step back, come back to his left, and shoot the fifteen footer. Um, he can throw the pass across court. He can. You just can't let him do that. And yet I see teams regularly 
basically letting him go where he wants instead of dictating to him where he needs to go. So yeah, um, kind of a wake up call for Plymouth and a thoroughly deserved win for Leicester. Uh, got out to 20 in the third and, and basically cruised home from there. Williams with 20, uh, 7 of 15 shooting. Graham Bell had 11 and 7. You mentioned Hassan. He only got nine shots in the game, seven points. Um, Gino Crandall, 25 points, 11 of 19 shooting, eight rebounds and seven assists. Mo Walker, 15 points. Jack Jackson with 10. Mm-hmm. Leicester, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm saying you can give Crandall 25 points on 11 and 19 shooting. You can't give him seven assists as well. Yeah, that means he's picked you in pot every which way. Yeah, you know, um, and that's what I'm saying about you have to have a plan. Are you going to take away the pot? Who are you going to take away? Um, and how are you going to do it? And I didn't think they had any plan at all um, to do that. And if you don't plan, if you don't game plan from, um, you're not going to, you're not going to stop him. Not, not now. He's not, not where his mind appears to be now. Mm. Leicester won the uh, title with four games to go, only uh, when they won the title in 2018 with five games to go, as anybody had more remaining, 14.8% of the season. And uh, again, only 2018 and Kingston in 1991 had a larger percentage of the season left in 18 days uh, were remaining. And again, 2018, 1990, Kingston had 21 days. And uh, 1991, Kingston had 26 days, so quite a uh, quite a comfortable win uh, oh, in the end yeah. for the Riders. Let's go to the other game on Wednesday night. Uh, London Lions 74, Bristol Flyers 78. If Riders hadn't won the league themselves half an hour earlier, they would have here. No Dirk Williams, he's out injured, so a big lineup for the Lions. Washburn, Kelly, uh, Jordan Williams, Cugini, and Reese, the starting five. I'm not sure they've started that five together this season. I certainly don't remember if they did. Uh, but Reese pulling the strings early on out to an 11 2 lead, the Lions. Yeah. Um, what to say about this game? I was watching, I watched the, the Plymouth Leicester game early. So I didn't watch the, the beginning of the London um, Bristol game. Um, and I kind of got to it when it was about 18 all or something like that. Um, London, it's basically through a pin at a wall. I mean, the interesting thing for me in this game was actually, you know, they, they did some very decent close-ups on their bench. And, um, you know, it, it really seems like you know, every time there's a timeout, then the coach is going to speak to the GM. And, and, you know, and then they're drawing things up, doing things together. And, and you know, it just seems that there's a, an issue with, you know, the direct lines of power, the, the hierarchy of power there. Because um, obviously the GM won't be a coach, so he won't be able to stand up, he won't be qualified. But he's very much on the bench now in a very hands-on way. And that can work, but it can also sow a little bit of um, division as well. Um, if everybody's not on that same page. And when you throw in the whole Washburn thing, going back and forward, you throw in Jordan Williams being up and down and playing and not playing, and then Brian Martin in the starting lineup, not in the starting lineup. Um, Justin Robinson playing, not playing, not playing much in this game. Um, Lockhart, you know, basically being stuck to the bench. Their own situation appears to be capital D dysfunctional. Mm. Um, and this game, was a dysfunctional team with an enormous amount of talent against a functional team with specific flaws. 
um, and, and Bristol, I thought, played together better. They moved the ball a little bit better, and they, they were more familiar with the lineups that they had on court in London. London's lineups changed at times. They had Tawai and, Ke and Kelly playing together, the two bigs, which does away with your spacing. Um, at other times, you know, Caboza's in the game, and I'm not quite sure what his role is. I think he can play, but I'm not sure anyone's actually told him what they expect him to be, or he's got, you know, because he's, he's playing spot minutes. He's not, he's not technically in a rotation that I can see. And he can penetrate a bit and he can shoot a bit. Um, but what is he, you know, what are they asking him to do? Is he going to be guard the best player, whatever? The whole Washburn thing. And, and I think this game showed just how important Dirk Williams had been because Dirk Williams had been the only stable individual basically all season for him. And um, without his stability, I thought they struggled. Let's spin it uh, forward to the end. So Rogers and Miller hit some threes and they they were back to, to level ball game, as you mentioned. And then uh, Cugini and Reese uh, had an 11-2 run. It was back out to 10 in favour of the Lions in the middle of the second quarter. Let's go forward to the third quarter when they uh, they channeled their inner Crystal Palace there with the old leaky roof. Um, yeah, and, and there was like a 10-minute delay whilst they were man. Well, I mean, he sat there mopping actually for the remainder of the game. It was quite amusing. Um, but right after the after the leaky roof, they went on a on a 10-3 run back out to to 11 points. And you think, all right, they've probably probably got it here because uh, Bristol aren't going to have enough offense, are they? Question mark. And then Lions didn't score for five minutes. Last play of the third yeah. quarter, first 11 points of the fourth quarter. And they've gone from 66 55 to 66 68 with five minutes to play. Yeah, and that's you know, that's the, the thing I've just seen about dysfunctional. Dysfunctional team is up and down, mm. you know, your, your peaks and troughs because you've got so many different players trying to make an impact, so many different combinations. Functional team like Bristol kind of play with that same effort and same level throughout the game. So, you know, they're not out of a game because they're always playing defense, they're always running back, they're always getting, um, you, you know, making effort plays in transition and all of that. So they're not just going to quit on you. Uh, London's lineups in the fourth quarter again, you know, they started the they started with the Jordan Williams Kelly lineup and with, um, from memory, with Reese on the bench as well. And they couldn't get any offense the first two and a half minutes. And you know, my view in, when I was on the bench in BBL games was very straightforward. If you're if you're up ten or eleven going into the fourth quarter, um, you put your foot down and you have your best five on the court at the beginning of the fourth quarter, because at that point you have the chance, and particularly in a BBL game, which the fourth quarter can go very quickly, you have the chance to put that game away. If you get the 17 with eight minutes to go, you should not lose. Yeah, yeah. Because what you're dealing with you is can, the, then you can put the bench. And then, if necessary, they can get, if necessary, that my 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 guys can get a rest with four minutes to go and we're up by twenty. Yeah. You know, and I've seen this, you know, time and time again this year. You know, it's one thing keeping sticking to a, a set rotation in the first half, but in the second half, you have to be flexible with it. It's not going to kill these guys to play another two or three minutes. You know, mm. it's not like this is the NBA where they're playing twelve-minute quarters. You know, and they're, and they're playing once every two days or two games in every three days. This is one game a week, and you know those guys are ready to play. Now that, that this brings us, and this brings us back to the Justin situation because Justin played nine minutes in this nine game or something, or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and there's no suggestion that he's hurt. Um, well, he's played thirty minutes today. Yeah, thirty minutes today, yeah. And and the bench is, um, you, you know, the whole 
the whole situation just just seems just seemed crackers to me. So they, they didn't get it right. And then I thought, um, without Williams's kind of bailout scoring, you know, where he can catch the ball at the top and just drain a shot or make a tough shot or get something in transition, it then became a question of Reese's bailout scoring and Reese couldn't knock down shots. And to be fair, Bristol were constantly in his face. So Martin hit a three and Kajini free throws. The Evans fouled out with three minutes to go on one of those uh, free throws. How many times? Uh, well, a lot. I, I can count it up somewhere, but um, they well, got back out. Go on. I was just going to say, you know, that, that if we talk about the games on um, Wednesday and Friday, then Evans fouling out maybe in the last yeah. <laughs> There is that. Um, so there's still four points ahead, London, with, with um, two minutes to play. It's 74 70. Miller with a, a drive to the basket. Nice finish. Cuts it to a two-point game. 146 to go. London caught a timeout and they came out of the timeout and advanced the ball with 146 to go. And I was thinking, why would you advance the ball in that situation? And then, you know, it was, am I inbounding the ball? Are you inbounding the ball? And I'm thinking, yeah. you just come out of the timeout. You must know who's inbounding the ball from the play that, that's drawn up. And then, um, Darren was suggesting that the coaches were saying they didn't want to advance the ball, but by that point, the ball had already been advanced, and they have to well, ask the, the, coach, the players. Is... Players don't get to choose. No, the, the ref calls the ref speaks to the coach ten seconds yeah. before the end of the timeout, and he points where he wants it. Yeah. So yeah, just just a bit weird. So they so they ran a play, uh, and then Kajuni got called for the travel that Armstrong didn't get called for, which we will pick up in the later yeah. game. Um, but it was a right call. Um, yeah. As he, uh, as he uh, would have, Jacob would have blocked his shot. So there's 138 to go, and they've made a complete mess and only lost eight seconds. Um, they then go to trap the trap the ball. Um, I forget who had it. Was it uh, Miller? I think, and he skipped it on to Evans, and an extra pass on to Jacob, who hits the three with 121 to go, and it's 74-75. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. I didn't understand the trap. Um, that, that just to me was was weird, and um, you don't need you know you haven't trapped most of the game that I've seen. Um, Bristol are the team that you'd probably most in the league want to get into a half court offense situation mm. near the end of a game because it's all about their decision making. And the last thing you do is make the decisions for them. And if you trap them, you're making the decisions for them because they're just making basketball plays. And Jacob has shown a propensity this year to knock down big shots. Mm. And he makes knock down another one. So they come down the other end. Reese round a double screen, gets open, three-point shot missed. Kelly bats it back out. Kajini catches it at the top of the key. Three, miss. Kelly and then Williams managed to deflect it as well. Kajini gets to the basket, tries a circus shot. Uh, underneath misses washburn gets the offensive rebound but then loses it out of bounds and they've had four goes at it come up with nothing and there's less than a minute to play and bristol have the ball back this is uh, where and this is where the question that you, you're asking that i'm standing there shouting at the computer is you know not where's wally it's where's justin mm, yeah you know, where's justin because you've got a you're shooting threes, but you've got Kelly and Williams, Jordan Williams in the game. You've got Washburn at the three, and Washburn's a reluctant shooter. So he's not a guy who's going to come off the screen and, you know, and um, and just let one fly. Yeah, spacing is is done with those, with the two bigs in the game because um, 
you're not playing through Jordan Williams anywhere, anymore like you were at the beginning of the season. They're not throwing the ball into him in the post. You know, Jordan Williams in the game, you've got to throw the ball in the post. And um, so end up, they, have, they end up having to chuck up threes over the top of the defence because there's nowhere they can drive. And, you know, it doesn't matter how much you hustle, you've got to make, make a shot. And by that point, they were so discombobulated that they couldn't make a shot. So then Bristol calls a timeout. They don't advance the ball, obviously, because there's, uh, there's 54 seconds to go and they're winning. Um, Simmons on the high screen, handoff to Miller. They switch Kelly onto him. Nice spin, yeah. pass Kelly, good finish. 40 seconds to go. They're now up three, Bristol, 74-77. And it's just, you know, I hate being Nostradamus, but actually I like being Nostradamus. But go back to last week, what, what, was, what was the point? The point was, you know, Miller's going to have to be the guy at the end of the games because everybody else has proved that they're far too unreliable. And this game, he made, he made a truth teller out of me because that's exactly what happened. He made two or three great decisions down the stretch. He got them scores. And um, he was the guy that they were looking at in November again. Um, and they haven't been able to get scores down the stretch at all in the half court. So he did that. And then tell me, then tell me. London call a timeout. There's 40 seconds to go. And I'm thinking 40 seconds to go, you need to advance the ball here because then you get uh, two for one, basically. You guarantee yourself the final mm. shot of the game because, you know, the worst case scenario is, you know, there's 10, 10, yeah. 10 11 seconds you'd be, and you might be tied. But they yeah. don't advance the ball. So I was a little surprised by that. And I was slightly surprised, as you've already hinted to. The five that came out were Washburn, Reese, Kelly, Cugini, and Caboza. Yeah. And obviously, Justin sat there. He's only played nine minutes. Martin was three of five from three, whereas Washburn was one of five for three. So yeah, I'm Martin looking might at have, Martin failed out. Martin might have failed out. You know? Or maybe he'd failed out at that point. Martin failed, failed out. But, but they just didn't look much much end of game three point shooting on the floor at, at, at that stage. Um, but anyway, it's not, even, it's not even that though, is it? Let's be honest, it's not even that. It's, it's a, you know, it is an incredible slap in the face for a two time MVP to be sat on the bench mm. for a 20 year old kid to be put in the game. <laughs> I mean, that is just, you know, you know, you know, it, it's, it's testament to, to Robinson's professionalism um, that he's, you know, they survived that and, and gone on. Um, you know, at the moment, you know, he, he, Kibosa, he has nothing against Kibosa, but are they trying to win games? Are they trying to develop players? You know, what is what message is going on? And this is why I talk about being dysfunctional, because the players don't care about next year. They're all one-year contracts. Mm. So they're not interested in developing players. They want to win games. And um, if you don't win games, that can spiral, as we've seen with various teams in the league. So that was... Um, borderline nuts, to be honest. And whatever, whoever made that decision, whatever the plan was, that was borderline nuts. And, um, and unfortunately, it demonstrated itself to be that. So, so Reese again on a high double screen, step back. Is, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of that shot, but for mm -hmm. him, that's a good look. Yeah. Um, it doesn't go in. Bit of a scramble on the floor, people diving about. Rogers actually is touching the ball while he's out of the court. So, Lions get the ball back with. Yeah. 23.1 seconds to go. Just, so, just on a note, I thought, I thought Bristol's defence on that was horrible. I thought they gave Reese a really good look. You know, I thought, when you're down three, I thought you can't you can't give him that look on that screen. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. about that, you know. <laughs> You've got to get the ball in the Caboza's hands and make the kid make a play. You can't be letting Reese shoot the ball. They got lucky. So they get the ball inbounded to Reese. He's doubled in the corner, which leaves Kelly wide open on the three-point line at about 45 
uh, degrees. Um, and it was one of those where Thomas Edwards almost ran to him to, to sort of challenge it and then thought, actually, no, I can't remember was it Caboza was on the other side. He thought, no, actually, we probably, of the people on court, would take Kelly shooting that three. And he does shoot the three and he misses it. And, yeah, yes, he was. He's why is he on court if 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 you are going to shoot a three now? But um, presumably because on the uh, thirty seconds earlier he's batted out two offensive rebounds off misses. Yeah, maybe, but what you're going to suggest is that you're going to run a high screen rule. You're going to say, "Okay, Kelly, Kelly, you need to you need to dive to the basket, right?" And you take space up, and then someone else can come around the top and can catch the reversal from from Reese. Um, and he did the probably did the right. I mean, Reese did made the right play. Bristol made the right play. They got the ball out of Reese's hands, and um, and Kelly ends up being the open one. Um, and he has and knocked down a few threes this season. He has, but not with twenty four seconds to go in no, a three point no, game. No. Um, and I'm telling you now, there's no way in the world that um, Bristol would have had any would have preferred any other shot going up to that shot. Um, and you know, it's not been a staple of their game all season. You know, they've not encouraged that. It's not like it's Martin who's been shooting three or four threes a game since since he got he got back. Um, it was just it was just I'm afraid um, muddled thinking. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily blame Kelly for shooting it. I'm not very keen that he did that he went out to the three point line. I think he should have dived dived and let somebody else come in behind him. Um, but I don't, once he's caught the ball and he's wide open, I'm afraid he's got to shoot it. Mm. You know because so he's just put it to him. He's missed that shot. Flyers rebound. Nobody fouls. No. Bristol go pass, 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 pass. And it's all the way down the court. Jacob is under the basket. Now, at that point, I think you take the points there. I know he, I know he, he ran out and he took a few more seconds off the clock. But I'm thinking, well, I'd rather five points and eight seconds than three points. And you might miss two free throws and it's still six seconds. Yeah. Uh, I'm never good. Criticize a player for that because they're trying to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, not a criticism. That. It's just that I would have scored yeah, in that situation. I think so yeah, but then again, you're not exactly in the highest in the list of the highest scorers in BBL history. Are you? Dan? No, no. I'm somewhere near the two bottom. Two points would probably double your, double your tally. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think you can double my tally without it being the same. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, he runs out and takes another couple of seconds off the clock. Um, and then gets fouled 6.6 seconds to go. He makes the first, so therefore yeah. he's done the right thing. Um, misses, misses the second. They got it down court, and Caboza got blocked on the buzzer by Simmons shooting a three that, that they're obviously down four anyway. So, um, so an important win for the Flyers in their in their uh, playoff hunt. A fantastic win for them. Benefited from, as I say, from Evans fouling out from Miller being the guy down the stretch, and from some frankly bemusing um, London. Um, personnel decisions. Mm. You know, nine minutes. You know, he, he, you know, if you're trying to win games, he don't. He can't play in nine minutes. It's just mm. that's just a joke. Mm. Uh, Reese, twenty-five points, nine of twenty shooting, uh, eight assists and six turnovers. Kajini, fourteen. Kelly, nine uh, points, thirteen rebounds, four blocks. Washburn was one of eleven shooting, yeah. um, but had uh, thirteen rebounds. Uh, Miller had sixteen. Thomas Edward, fifteen and seven. Evans, 7 of 11, uh, 15 points uh, and five assists and five fouls in 24 minutes. So let's, um, let's move to Friday night uh, and Newcastle Eagles 75, Cheshire Phoenix 90. 
no Fletcher for the Eagles, but Person uh, was back. No Dickerson for the Phoenix. No real point guard um, for the for the Eagles in the absence of Fletcher. I suppose Ubant is probably a point guard, but he only played 47 seconds. Um, so they had a lot of people out of out of place. But there wasn't much in the first half, to be fair. They did, they, they did but they, they actually... What it meant that they did was it meant that they started Gordon, Peel, and Defoe. So they put the most size they had on the court with, with Person and Johnson. And what that did um, was that actually gave them a bit of defensive presence on the wing, which is what I was talking about last week about their, their inability to, to defend the wings at all with any degree of um, energy or, or, or physicality. And as a result, because the, the, the ball has to go through everybody's hands, to be because it's not got they haven't got Ramon giving them thirteen assists a game. Um, the first quarter was actually probably the just about the best that they've played um, in in a while, and it's because of the solidity. I think they gave up sixteen points in the first quarter, um, and they gave up seventy four the rest of the way. Um, because I'm afraid as soon as um, they were in a situation where they had more than one of Williams, Sayers and Johnson on the court. Then again, their wing defence, their help defence just wasn't there. And unfortunately, with only having basically seven playable players, that lineup had to happen more often than you Those lineups had to happen probably more often than you would want. So that's when the defence disappeared. But um, Cheshire-wise... Um, I think Cheshire kind of ran on empty a little bit. Um, I thought they got away with this game because um, Newcastle, again, you know, basically gave up some ridiculously um, clean looks for shooters that they couldn't do, that they, that they couldn't simply do. Um, but Cheshire, you know, basically, again, six and a half players. And um, it was only because Newcastle allowed name on right and Levi Bradley to get the clearest of open looks on a regular occasions um, that I think Cheshire survived in this game. So it was two teams that I think Cheshire on the, on the upcoming downs, a little bit short of bodies, played a lot of games, probably looking towards the playoffs. And Newcastle just kind of scraping around without their point guard and, and scraping around to try and see what they could accomplish. But the team, ultimately, the team that played the most physicality and played defence of four quarters won. So um, let's go forward to the third quarter. Middle of the... Um third quarter there was no field goals for about three minutes just before happened. you get to that yeah. sorry um the game turned at the beginning of the third quarter from my perspective um actually turned at the end of the second quarter because Cheshire had the ball four seconds to go and um somehow um Sears got the wrong side Sears did something tried to cap tried to get in front of Bradley and got nowhere near and Bradley caught the ball to one step and dunked it with four yeah. seconds to go which I thought was a you know just it was just just horrendous defense and it was a a real moment if there is a such a thing momentum swing. Then first play of the third quarter, Defoe got his third foul on a pretty soft call, but you know, I don't know. I, I couldn't see what I could see. couldn't see on the TV, but he might have had two hands in his back in the post. And I thought he had to keep him in and he didn't. He took him out. Um the um and he sat down the whole third quarter. What that meant um was that the big lineup that I've just talked about that actually played some really effective defense in the first half. With Gordon at the three, Peel at the four, and Defoe at the five, that never played. That that lineup was never on court again. 
and their defense again with the smaller lineup just just was insubstantial. And the amount of times um, they gave up corner threes to Corey John um, to name on right. One point, name Corey Johnson had him in the corner, had him trapped. Actually, took a step back mm. and allowed name on right to shoot it into and, and Bradley. Um, meant that um, Cheshire made that run. You were going to tell us about that run. At the yeah. Moment. So, so two minutes ago, it's fifty-five, fifty-nine to Cheshire. Person misses a three, and um, Eagles thought they got the the out of bounds on an offensive rebound, but it was Nick's ball. Teddy comes down. Beats Williams too easily for a two. Gordon misses a three. The long rebound is ran back by Austin in typical Austin fashion. And then Carey with a steal and dunk. And inside 50 seconds, it's gone from what could have been a one-point game if that three-point shot from person goes in to, to a 10-point game, 55-65. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, there's at least three or four times in this game, both in the first half and second half combined, that Austin just got run-ups. Mm. Um, got steals on bad passes. One point, I think he took the ball off Williams just just at the half court, uh, and um, you never felt that Newcastle could 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 win any game that got above seventy, maybe seventy five, because without Fletcher, they were always going to struggle for that offense. Without Defoe, placed basically you know um, being subbed off the whole third quarter with three fouls, um, he comes back in in the down ten, and at that point. You're chasing the game, and, and the, you know the only chance they had to win it was to keep it close because they were never going to make a run from behind, and they haven't had, they haven't, they haven't showed that they've got that in them this year. Basically, once they're down, it tends to spiral as opposed to any kind of gumption in relation to coming back. Mm. Uh, and they didn't look at all like coming back in the fourth quarter. Johnson's sixteen five and five, Person fourteen and six. They had six players in double figures, which is quite. Yeah, well, person did well. I mean, he, you know, he had pneumonia two weeks ago. Yeah, I thought he came yeah, back yeah. and gave it his best shot. You know, uh, yeah. give, give him some credit in relation to this. And game. he played. I think he played thirty-one minutes or something. Yeah, like well, that and, well, and, and to be honest, when he didn't really. play, it was horrific when he didn't play. So we yeah, understand yeah. why he did play that long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wright had twenty-six, nine of sixteen shooting. Bradley twenty-four, Austin twenty-one. He was eight of eleven, and also five steals. Uh, twenty-two to two points off turnovers. Favorite yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, that's not on the point guard to a certain degree, so you accept that to a, to a certain degree that there's a difference there. But that's not, they're not the points that, that, that won the game, the points that won the game. Um, you know, if you, which two guys, which two Cheshire players do you need to keep off the three-point line? Right, Bradley. And they had 10 threes between them. Mm. Uh, what do you have to do with Larry Austin? Keep him out the paint. He yeah, had 21 yeah, points him, on yeah. two-point shots. Yeah. 21 points didn't make a jump shot. Yeah. You know, so that's what costs you the game. The fact that they're but the Cheshire's three main scorers have scored in exactly the way that they score. Yeah. And if you and take those, one of them away or two of them away, you've got a chance. Those three, didn't, combined, those Sorry, three combined for 71 points. 71 points in exactly the way that they would they normally to, get yeah. them. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So let's uh, move on to Bristol Flyers 72, Sheffield Sharks 75 after overtime and this was a typical bristol versus sheffield game and by that i mean it's best watched on synergy at double speed so that the baskets don't quite seem so far apart <laughs> because these two teams have played some ridiculously low scoring games uh over the years um 
I'm, I almost want. I don't know. Did you see this game? Because obviously it wasn't back on BBL actually, Player. No, I caught a bit of. I, I caught bits of it during the Friday night. Yeah. I caught the last um, minute and a half of overtime in particular, yeah. and I watched a little bit of the the end of the game back. But yeah. in relation to everything else, no, that the 30 30 first half had yeah. no attraction to me. So, so I have no interest in this. Uh, in talking about the beginning, middle. I just want to get to the end of, yeah. of this game because it was it was a slog, really. And as I say, that was on double speed on Synergy. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll quickly do the little runs so people know. Flyers scored the first seven points. Sharks had a 9-0 run to go to 13-22. Flyers scored 11 in a row to finish the third quarter. They were leading 50-41. Sharks scored the first eight of the fourth quarter to make it 50-49. Flyers then got 14 of the next 19 points to lead 66-56 with one minute and 41 seconds to go. No, that's, that's on a Thomas Edwards three, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're, no, you're no thinking... it's one thing losing the 96-86 game when you're by 10 with a minute yeah. and 40 to go. Right? But allowing a team to score 8% of its points mm. in the last minute and a half of the game yeah. to tie a game, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. You know? um, so let, let, let's go through play by play here. Johnson gets to the elbow, wide open, 66 58, 118 to go. Let's Johnson, just, before we do that, let's just remember Johnson's been the most efficient scorer in the league in the last yeah, yeah, good yeah. month. Johnson used to play for Bristol. Yeah. Right. They, anybody who knows how to guard Johnson, Bristol do. Yeah. Anybody who knows what Johnson can do. Bristol do. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, Johnson puts a bit of pressure on Evans in the backcourt. He, he just sort of falls over out of bounds. So they turned it over. One eleven to go. Um, to be fair, Sheffield got a bit discombobulated. And I think it, and they played a decent bit of defense. And I think it was because it was a 14 seconds and they were kind of thrown off by that. So they got a shot clock violation, the shocks on that one. 56 seconds to go. Flyers come back down, do what you're supposed to do in this situation. They're, they're still up eight. They run some clock. They get Rogers a decent-looking three uh, at the end of it. That's short. Bit of a melee, dive on the floor, jump ball, 34 seconds to go. Eight points is still the difference in favour of, um, of Bristol. Uh, Bristol. So Sheffield call, a, Sheffield call a timeout, and they advance the ball. And they run this play with Johnson screens down the key. He starts at the top of the key, screens down the key for Rupertino, who curls around another screen pass, uh, Cook, towards yeah. the ball. And then Cook comes down, sets the screen for Johnson in the middle of the key, who comes up off that screen, catch and shoot. Now, I didn't actually think it was a very good screen, if I'm honest yeah. with you. I just thought Miller was a bit slow getting over it. But you've basically given Johnson a wide open three. Yeah. And, you know, so if you're in um, Andreas Kapoor's timeout, right, what you're saying to your team is no threes, right? There's no way in the world that twos can get them back in the game. Right. You know, even, even Bristol, sorry, even in that way, right? Twos is four possessions. So you're saying no threes. You're also specifically, saying you're chasing every you're not going to switch screens at this point because you don't want to get mismatches 
you don't need to, but you're chasing everybody over a screen and you're staying attached to the shooters. And I've seen the play, I did watch it in the game, but I've seen the, the clip of it, and you're right, they didn't. Mm. You know, and, and you know, it was, I'm afraid, just this very poor bit of defense and the, worst, the whole game. The worst of all worlds is it took about two seconds because he literally yeah. catch and shoot. So, I mean, if you're going to give up a three and it's on the shot clock buzzer, at least you've lost 14 seconds well, out of the game. I mean, there's one thing, there's one thing giving up a three on a, on a baseline inbounds, you know, where it's difficult, at times it's difficult to chase people when someone's going to shoot a tough shot from the corner, right? Mm. We've seen how difficult it is even to get the ball inbounds at times yeah. on that, from that spot, on the yeah. 14, second, 14 second advancement. To get somebody that open off one pass is just, is just inexcusable. To get the best shooter open off that pass is triple inexcusable. But they're still up five. There's yeah. still 32 seconds to go. They still shouldn't lose from here. So the end line ball, get it in fine. Thomas Edwards running down the sideline, gets into the front court, forces Johnson to foul him. 27 seconds to go. Thomas Edwards going to the free throw line. Misses both. Yeah. Rotino gets the rebound, hands it off to Johnson. Johnson's coming down court. He's got Miller with him. And he runs into uh runs him into a screen at the top of the key. Nichols sets the screen. Rogers on the switch, short dives out him. I thought Rogers did all right on that. I didn't I think that was just a good shot. That's it's a been good shot, but you him. don't switch. You don't switch. You know, he he's a scorer. Mm. Right? He's a scorer. He's looking for switches. He's looking to get a guy on. The, the, the psychological fact of the shooter knowing the shots he's meant to shoot make them more likely to go in. Rogers, no, um, um, what's his name? I'm sorry, Johnson knows that if he gets Rogers onto him, he is expected to score, mm. right? So he has no second thoughts about putting that shot up. He knows he can get it off. And as I said last week, you know, just having a hand up isn't necessarily enough. I don't think that Rogers did anything wrong. I agree. He was six nine. He contested the shot, but it's too late. Mm. You know, it's too late. You got to cut. You can If you've got a man coming over that screen, trailing him on his backside, you're forcing him to drive into Rogers by switching it at that point. And I said you shouldn't be switching the previous one. By switching it, you're allowing the scorer to do his dance, to get lined up, to get in a comfortable position, and, and then it's all bets are off. So, uh, yeah, they, they defended it okay insofar as if it was any other point of the game. But at that point of the game, he is not shooting the ball. Mm. He's already got 20 or whatever. I'm not letting him shoot the ball. And that means we are chasing him. And if two or three people have to chase him, then so be it. Somebody else has beaten us. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to have that kind of, you have to dictate events instead of let events be dictated to you defensively more than yeah. offensively you can dictate where the ball goes defensive if you want to you want to double somebody off a screen you want to trap them off a screen you can do that the best one is denying you can just deny you know we've seen that happen all, so many times where people go into denial mode and stop people touching the basketball if you continue to play passively then you allow good players to step up and beat you so there's still 18 seconds left bristol mm -hmm. are still in the lead 66 yeah. 64 um i got uh, we got i got into a thing on twitter the other day before this game uh about bristol's end of game record that i tweeted out not being yeah. very good only sorry is worse uh, and somebody said to me what 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 do you think what's your opinion on why that's happening and i said sideline out of bounds right end of the court at the wise 
opposite the bench, opposite the away bench. Yeah. Slightly tongue in cheek, but timeout, advance the ball. They have a sideline out of bounds, right end of the wise, opposite the 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 uh, opposite the away bench. Uh, Raf Thomas Edwards to inbound. They've got Miller and Evans in the near corner in front of the Sharks bench, basically. They've got Rogers and Simmons at the at the elbows, but slightly higher than that. Basically a double screen. So Thomas Edwards gets the ball. I didn't think either guy ran anybody into a screen. I thought Glasgow sort of discombobulated them by sort of pushing into Rogers before the before his man had even run to him and thing. So neither of them got open. So they, they come around the, the two screens. Uh, one goes high, one goes low. Neither of them are, are really open at all. Simmons then leaks out towards the halfway line for an option, but yeah, he's, he's guarded by Cook, who goes with him. And I paused it at that point just to see, because I, 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 I went back, played it at half speed, and paused it right there. Literally nobody is open. You've got two up near the halfway line, one down in the corner, one on the near side. Nobody is free at all. And so Thomas Edwards is like, where do I go? Starting to get into a bit of a panic because he can hear the clock ticking in his head for the five second violations. He saw uh, Simmons. So he he started to go there and then he realized uh, Cook was there. He almost falls into into play. But because he's falling and he knows he has to pass it because he's going to turn it over, he throws it up trying to lob it over a six foot ten inch Bennett Cook. Well, Bennett Cook says thank you very much, and he gets a steal. And because Johnson is guarding Evans, who's at the halfway line, Johnson is right next to him, so he just hands it to Johnson. So the worst outcome possible here: you've turned the ball over in a live ball situation. To the guy standing next to the guy who's just torched you for six points at the in the last 20 seconds. Where to start with that? Eh? Um, one, don't really like the timeout. Um, what, what I, what I always used to, I used to have responsibility for this when I was on the bench, and what I always my, my starting point kind of the, the presumption was always going to be we're not going to call a timeout. Right, and the reason for that is because obviously I had, well, I had experienced players and smart players, but the reason for that is sometimes it was the easiest time to get the ball is immediately it's gone through the basket because mm. the opposition aren't matched up with you. So if your point guard is sharp, someone picks a ball, they can throw it in, the ball's in balance. Yeah, and that's right. And what I would tend to do is I'd try and wait for a couple of seconds after the ball's gone through the basket to see if there was any way that we were, we were going to get the ball in bounds, if we could get it in bounds quickly. And if we didn't, I would kind of turn the bench and say time out. And normally they gave, they're not meant to give you that, but they would always give us it because the ball hadn't been put in bounds yet. And technically you're meant to have the timeout in before the ball goes through the hoop, but you always ended up getting it. Yeah. Um, you know, so you try and play it both ways. That made any sense. You try and get yeah, the ball yeah, down first. Yeah. And then it's, literally it's a split second thing. Um, if you do it close enough to when the ball's gone through the hoop, you know, you normally get it. So don't like that. The second thing is massively undervalued skill. Passing the ball in from the from the sideline. Mm. Um, Miller's not passing the ball. In. Miller's the best passer. Put your best passer on the basketball in that situation. Okay. Thomas Edwards isn't the best passer. Thomas Edwards isn't the guy who is a, is a is an energy guy, is a finisher, but he's not the best passer. Put it in the guard's hands. 
that the God made the decision. Um, and then thirdly, it's tough, but throw it off his legs. Mm. Four seconds. This is why you've got to be put back. If you can't get the basketball in, throw it off his legs. I mean, I don't like these plays whereby you, you start all your, your, your ball handlers miles away from the ball. Because mm. the way players are, they don't start before the ball goes to the, to the yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, generally yeah. two seconds have gone before they've all started. So you yeah, take yeah. two of your options. And that's the way a player there. So, you know, it was always, you know, get your best guy on the top of the foul line, have a big set of screen for him and dart that way or that way. Yeah, yeah. Get your shoulder, get your hand out and get a ball. You can't play in this league as a point guard if you can't get the basketball in bounds. You're not mm. smart enough to do that. And so they failed. And Johnson made a good play because he went baseline. And, and so, so Flyers are having to scramble back in defense. And I thought they did all right at first. They managed to get back and they got him. He, he again, uh, Cook offered him the screen. He went the opposite way to the screen because Simmons was on that side of it. Uh, and he just sort of blew right past him and got a reverse layup. So yeah, he, he scored basically eight points in 23 seconds yeah, to Reggie tie Miller. the game at 66 with nine seconds to go. Yeah, Reggie Miller, winning team. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, they got to trap that. they got to trap him. they got to trap the ball out of his hand on that screen, on Cook's screen. The big guy's got to be up there. they got to double him. they got to make him throw the ball to Cook, bottom line. They didn't. So there was some race. Um and then what happened at the end of the, the end of the, the last so shot? I think it was they've, the last they've, shot. they've caught a timeout and they've advanced the ball. Yeah, yeah. So this time it's Evans inbounding. Simmons is in the corner nearest the ball. Uh, Raph Thomas Edwards is in the corner nearest the Sharks bench. Rogers is at the top of the key on the three point line, and Jacob is under the basket. Okay, so Jacob yeah. runs up the key as if he was going to be screened by Rogers and get yeah. open, which to me would have been option number one. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. But in, instead, what they do is he breaks back towards the corner where Simmons has come up to set a screen for him. So he was open for a second there, yeah. but Evans was not looking at that in that option. So I don't think that was option number one. Clearly, because he didn't, otherwise he would have just thrown it to him when he was briefly open. Rogers has gone down to the low block. Miller has done pretty much nothing. He's sort of wandered from the corner up to level with the free throw line, but doesn't appear to be involved in the play at all. Now they're in panic mode because, again, that clock is ticking in their head. Um, Simon's flash is high, but he's near the the where uh, where the ball's being inbounded, so he gets into a double team uh, from the guy who was um, who was guarding the it was Cook and Retino. Uh, he was guarding uh, Retino was guarding Evans. Yeah. So he's jumped off him to On double team there. Yeah. Miller realizes he has to be an an option, so he then runs to the halfway line. But Glasgow is close enough to sort of spook Evans from throwing that pass. So he looks for Rogers, who's now on the opposite side of the floor, but is coming back towards the elbow. He does get open. The pass does come, but the referee's called five-second violation. It's, I mean, madness. Anyway. So, you know, I've seen it, you've been there before. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes down to the question. I mean, it's a different ball hand. It's a different passer this time, so you've got a good passer. So in theory, you've got a point guard. He should be able to do it. Um, the, you can bet they practice this stuff. 
you know, you can bet that they do, you know, and, and you know, are they are they running their own plays, or is it just that the players just don't have it in them, you know? You know uh, what I thought watching it because because I, I watched I that know. play. I watched that the play. Culture, is on the play. I don't know. I watched that play two or three times. I just wonder whether it's, everything is too complex. Yeah. It's too much, too many moving parts. You go screen him and then back screen to him and then, and it's yeah. just like as I say, I quite like as as Jacob was coming up. Screen from Rogers, run your man into the screen. You're at the top of the kit, the three point line. Hand out that way. Somebody's going to be slightly slower to you. Yeah. If they switch on that, then 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 uh, the screener should be able to turn to the ball and get the ball. You wouldn't want it in his hands. You know what our player was? What's that? You know what our player was? Go on. Throw it to Charles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, a couple of times actually didn't work for us, but most of the time it did. Because you've got a guy who knows how to get the ball. Get open for the ball, long arms, hand up. So what the chance? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that to you the way you can do it. It's a bit yeah, yeah. obviously. But yeah, I mean, you know, overly complicated stuff does give you the prospect of more mistakes. So and it takes longer. Time. Yeah, it takes longer. Yeah. So Sheffield timeout, they advanced the ball. They ran basically the same play as they did for that first Johnson three, except Retino appeared to screen johnson rather than the other way around on that first screen there were better screens i thought but also a better job by miller to get over it so now instead of catching and shooting on the three-point line he's got it five feet back from the three-point line and he's got a defender on him now he has to make a play cook offers the screen again he goes the opposite way takes the tough three air balls out of bounds flies yeah so they do yeah Eight points later, yeah. Um, and then there's an inbound to Simmons at the half court and he heaves it, but it was blocked by Cook. So then we go to to overtime, miraculously somehow, and, and Bristol's heads must be spinning, having given that away. Yeah. Um, Miller scores on the opening play. Um, and then they get a steal and Jacob's fouled and it's one of two free throws. 71-68. And they only scored one basket in the remainder of overtime. And that basket was a steal and run out dunk by uh, Jacob to make it. Shepard hit some free throws. It got 71-70 ahead to make it 72-71. So basically the only thing they got in offense after the first 30 seconds was a run out. They had nothing in the half court. Well, I saw the last two possessions. I turned over and got about a minute and a half to go in overtime. and. Um, I think Sheffield made a couple of foul shots to go, maybe three or four, about a minute and 10 seconds to go. Maybe Cook made one or two, something like that. Cook went one or two to make it 72-74. That was Jacob's fifth foul. That was after yeah. another unforced turnover by the Flyers. Yeah. And um, and the last, what struck me about Bristol, I'm talking about Bristol a lot here, but what struck me about Bristol was, I think the last three possessions, or certainly two of the last three possessions, were Evans chucking up very, very hard shots. Well, so what I've got here is um, Del Pesha, the second, they missed, the Cook missed the second free throw. Del Pesha appeared to get the rebound. Johnson stole it off him. There yeah. was some confusion with the shot clock, which is assumably, uh, presumably the fact that Johnson yeah, got the, the ball before Del Pesha got the ball. So therefore the table had reset to 24. This yeah. is my guess. 
and the referees thought it should be 14 because if Del Pesh gets the ball and Johnson steals, it goes to 24. Yeah, the rest were right, I think. I thought yeah. the rest were right. So Sheffield missed anyway. Hmm. They come down the other way. Evans, I thought he was throwing an alley-oop, but it was so far away from Del Pesh, it was hard yeah. to know. Yeah. It, it just went... Miles know, out of bounds. And there was some complaints. Kyler Kelly would never going to be a foul. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Sharks ball with 44 seconds to go. Nichols misses. Flyers rebound. 24 seconds to go. They're still only down two. Uh, Evans is being harassed by Glasgow. Gets a little room and then does like a little double pump. He's sort of 15, yeah. 16 feet near the elbow. And it was like, just shoot it. Don't You don't need that. That's well, my... Yeah. Well, my view of it was about five seconds earlier than that. Evans looked off Miller. Mm. All right, Miller's on the wing, wide open. And, well, it's not wide open to shoot the ball, but wide open to make a play. Evans has got Glasgow in his face. He's got the pass. He can make the pass mm. to Miller. Miller's made the plays to win the game at London, right? And this is the thing with what I said earlier on about maybe it was a blessing in disguise that Evans was fouled out mm. because um, Miller is... Evans has made a couple of big shots late in games early season, but they were kind of Hail Mary shots. They were tough shots, you know, tough threes, people in his face, etc. Since then, he's, his play has been characterised by um, youth and impetuosity. He's fouled himself out. He's got involved in um, brouhaha's and all sorts of situations. He's um, been very, very up and down, and he's not. And his, his team have lost multiple close games when he's, he's been there, and Miller hasn't. Miller is now there. Miller should have had the ball. He should have thrown the ball to Miller. And when Evans misses that shot, you get a close-up of the Bristol guys walking back, and no one's seeing anything. You know, Miller's, they're all looking down at the floor. No, no, that's, that's a team which is like, you know, someone wants to say something, someone wants to say something, but nobody, nobody can, mm. you know, about, about Marcus Evans. So I thought that, I thought his decision, having just thrown the ball away on last possession, not to throw the ball to Miller at that point and maybe then go and get himself open, get himself in a better position to let Miller create. I thought that was, that was a, a, indicative of a team in a little bit of, um, flux in relation to what, what you know whose team it is so nichols got gets the rebound waits for a foul gets fouled uh he goes to the free throw line makes the first 72 75 misses the second not deliberately just rimmed out delpesh gets the rebound has to heave from his own own foul line and i was watching mm -hmm. on synergy so i don't know how close yeah, it was no, but it didn't it go in um so Evans and Evans 26, Miller 13. They were 15 and 27 between them. Everyone else was 11 of 36 uh, shooting. Uh, Johnson with 27 points uh, and six. He was a plus 14 in 36 minutes and 15 sec seconds. Cook was 21 points, seven of nine from the floor, seven of 10 from the free throw line. And he was plus 16 in 29 and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no, they've... They've got an identity, Sheffield. And they're happy with that identity. I'm not quite sure how far it'll take them in the playoffs. It might, it might not. You know, they're, they're winning a lot of close games at the moment, and the law of numbers kind of says that you know, if you win some close games, it's eventually you're going to lose some close games as well. Um, but they've got an identity, and it's fun to watch a team playing with an identity you know, who who know what they're doing and know what they are. So uh, let's move on to the last game on the Friday night, which was Leicester Riders 88, Manchester Giants 
82. Leicester have been partying for two days. There was no practice. There was apparently no scout done at all. And they were loose for... Yeah, yeah. They knew them quite well because they played them a lot. Um, they were they were loose for a game that didn't mean anything to them. Obviously, it meant uh, something for, for Manchester. 9-0, the Riders led after three minutes. Giants didn't score for the first four minutes of the game. But then Clark made three threes. He had 11 points and, and, and tied it up at 15. And the Riders were just edging it in the first half. They didn't, they didn't get away, but they were just ahead. Manchester's bench again in this game. Manchester's bench couldn't handle Leicester's bench. Um, and there's only three or four minute periods whereby Leicester were able to put the hammer down. Um, I thought Dan Clark made three threes. The last two threes he made in the first quarter on Mo Walker. Mo Walker guarding Dan Clark is a nightmare for Mo Walker. You know, it's an absolute nightmare. You know, you, the worst case is no more walk. Uh, best case is he's going to get some twos and Dan Clark's going to get some threes. Okay. Or alternatively, more walkers can be pulled way away from the basket, which is where you want him to be, because then he can't be effective under the boards or using his size because he was at Plymouth. If you remember, he was under the basket all the time. Yeah, yeah. So Dan Clark makes two threes. The first one where Walker just misses the coverage. The second one, he tries to get out there, but he's just it's not just not his game. And then out comes Dan, out comes Dan Clark. Six minutes in, and in comes David Olf. Well, David Olf is made for more Walker because mm. he's just going to bang and bang and bang and moves a bit bigger. And David Olf's going to do the best he can, but that kind of immediately neutralizes an advantage that Manchester had. And I think if I'd been in, on the Manchester bench, I'd have wanted to run down Clark in the two or three minutes in that first quarter to see if they could handle him and to see if I could play more Walker off the court. Mm. You know, to see if Rob would blink first and say, well, can't have this guy guarding this guy, so he's going to sit down. We're going to have to bring Nelson Henry, and we're going to have to bring Adekoya in to play the five. But he didn't do that. You know, he, went, he allowed him back into his comfort zone. And that's kind of a, one of those decisions that you have to make on the fly. And obviously, Dan Clark hasn't he's been injured, so you don't want to overburden him with minutes. You don't want him with the playoffs around the corner. But he just made a couple of threes. He looked ready, and, 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 and that was a real problem for Leicester. So, um, you know, and the other I, thing I could, in this game is that that Leicester it doesn't matter to Leicester they win or lose it doesn't matter. Yeah, I um, get that, but it does. So Nelson Henry hits a three just before halftime. Whelan hits one after halftime. Riders are forty-five thirty-nine ahead, but Giants scored fifteen of the next eighteen points to lead forty-nine uh, fifty-four. This is where I thought, okay, Giants are going to pull away now because this is uh a team that needs to win versus a team that doesn't need to win and then Leicester if they got I thought if they got 10 12 points behind they would sit guys in the fourth quarter because it doesn't matter and then 420 to go in the third quarter there's the no call where um yeah rest the call yeah yeah so it's um was it McKnight or Armstrong 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 Armstrong's got the ball He's jumped up to shoot. McKenzie's in front of him. He realizes he's going to get blocked. So he dribbles the ball instead of shooting the thing. It was so weird looking that you just went, well, that looks illegal. The yeah. referee... well, travel if he leaves his if he leaves his feet. If he just goes up to his tiptoes, he's all right. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't see that on the TV, but it certainly No, he was off the floor. He was off the floor. He was off the floor and he put the so... ball down to travel. Um problem was McKenzie stopped playing, which he shouldn't yeah, do either. He shouldn't do that either. Um, you know, and, and, and because McKenzie stops playing, he's arguing his course, and his coach has to argue yeah. to get to show the player he's got his back. 
back. Yeah. If you if you know what I mean. So then you get the two technicals, but then you wind them up basically. Yeah. So so basically, Leicester got a technical on Mackenzie and on uh, Rob Padanostro. Now, because it was one of those weird things, and I was looking at it and going, "What is the?" I was trying to think, "What is which bit of the rule is he broken there?" And I was thinking, it was so egregious. And obviously, Rose going there, sitting there, going, "That's travel. What's he doing? How has he missed it? Why have the other two refs not come in and told him you've missed that travel?" Um, I sent the clip to uh, my friend who is the head of officiating at Euroleague and said, is this a travel? Where have I got this wrong? And he rang me up and said, uh, if he had the ball in the low post and he jumped to spin baseline and then put the ball down, would it be a travel? And I went, yeah, of course. He went, then it's a travel, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, the rule is you, if you, you can leave, you, you can leave, your pivot foot can leave the floor if you're shooting or passing. It can't yeah. leave the floor before a dribble. Yeah. So the fact he's gone up in the air, his pivot foot's obviously off the floor. Yeah. Putting it down is travel. Wasn't called. But but what's happened is Leicester have got two technical fouls made, uh, free throws made against them, which makes it 49-56. Uh, the crowd is up because, you know, Rob is going mad and the players are going, everybody's going, what's going on here? And Leicester scored 13 of the next 15 points. Yeah, I mean, firstly, it's not for you can tell it's not for the other two refs to correct a, a non-travel call because the other two refs will be looking in different areas because it's not their job to be looking at that area. Mm. And also, you can't walk across to somebody and, and, and posthumously call the travel five seconds after, <laughs> you know, afterwards. So, you know, that's just the case. So, you know, whatever whatever the ref saw, even if, the, if his feet left the ground, he should have called it. If the ref didn't think his feet left the ground, doesn't call it. If the ref's not looking at his feet, that might be the problem, let's be honest. Um, then obviously, as I say, the technicals come. There's times it's good to get a technical, let's be blunt. There's times when you need a technical, a technical is a device to, 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 to kind of um, boost your, your group and to boost the, the environment. Uh, I also thought that Manchester's bench came in again, and that, that, that was part of the run as well. Up until that point, Armstrong was just beginning to get comfortable in the game. Um, I thought Steele struggled in this game. Um, Whelan didn't play much. Hudson struggled in this game. And then they didn't have Lewis as kind of that backup to Clark to give them that stretch five, which they desperately need against Leicester. I don't think Manchester can play Leicester without a stretch five. I just don't think they can. And so if Clark's minutes are limited, then there was one point, I think, in that run when I looked at Manchester's lineup. Armstrong wasn't on the court. McKnight wasn't on the court. Clark wasn't on the court. I'm thinking you can't have all those three guys off the court at the same time against this team. You're just mm. desperate for you know someone to make a play, maybe off to get a rebound, something like that. And after that point, I just think you know it. Um, Leicester's ex offensive execution is so good mm. that um, they were always going to score enough. And, and I don't think their defense was great in this game, um, but um, I thought their offensive execution carried them. So middle of the fourth quarter, uh, Giants back in front by one, uh, one after Clark had hit a three and Anderson drive a wheeling drive. And I was thinking, do Leicester actually want this? Is this, or, or, or are they thinking minutes here? And Rob goes, Gino, loving Whelan, back in the game you go. Loving you've, got, you've, got, you've got such a good team. Though. You've got nine players. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not a question. They're not playing 36 minutes no, each. No, no, no. But Loving and Crandall scored 11 of the 13-3 uh, run that they had from that point to go up 83-74. And, that was and again, I thought they had no plan for Crandall at the end. I thought they had, they had no plan. If you look at this, you know, every player 
Every point guard in particular has a way of controlling the game. The best ones have more than one way. They can do it with the pass, they can do it with the, the shot, they can do it with just manipulation. And the best ones are the ones that you have to have specific plans for to keep to know where their sweet spots are and to keep them out of their sweet spots. Um, the best example I can give was when we, we had multiple seasons where we came up against Zaya. You know, when Zaya was both at Leicester and at Worcester, primarily when he was at Worcester, because Leicester was his first year and he wasn't quite the, you know, the focal point the way that he was subsequently at Worcester. And you have, we, had, we had to have specific rules for him. You know, he was not going to be allowed to go right. He was always going to see another player behind behind the guy who was in front of him because Zaire would not look at the, the guy who was guarding him. He was always looking behind to see if there's anybody there. He knew he was getting past the first man. You know, if you were catching and shooting, you were, make, you were right up on him. You were making him dribble to his left hand. In every time. Every, whoever, I would, you, I would only ever allow one or two guys to guard him. Because you you only trust certain players on your team to follow it because it was so um, significantly impactful on whether you won or lost. Mm. It was the fact that you, you picked the fact that which is going to win or lose. Now that's the way with Gino. So what is the way with Gino? I'm not sure. Do you go under the screens? We've talked about that. I'm surprised more teams aren't going under the screens and still challenging it when they make multiple threes. I think you can. But I prefer that to what he's doing at the moment, which was getting in the paint. Because once he gets in the paint, you're done. You know, he's going to make a 15-footer. He's going to hover. He's going to wait to the last second. He's going to throw it to Loving in the corner. You just got to keep him out of the paint at all times. Secondly, you got to keep him off his right hand. So do you go Do you go over this? Do you, on every screen, you force him to his weak side, you force him left. Not that he can't make plays to his left, but they're harder. It's more difficult. It's more difficult to make a pass across your body when you're going with your weak hand than it is when you're um, on your strong hand. Um, but So I don't know if there's a way of doing it, but what I don't see is any team as of yet this season who has specifically focused on what they need to do and who, are, who have been able to watch and think, oh, this is their plan. And I think this is where the coaches need to get, um, not say better, but they just need to get more detailed. It's not, you know, how, how you defend Patrick Whelan, for instance, right? That might take... A minute of a scouting report. How you defend Gino Crandall would take 10 minutes. Mm. And the reason is, is because it's 10 times more important. Because he's got the ball in his hands 10 times more than anybody else. Mm. So you've got to be on more detail. And I think, you know, the two games he played this week were, were you know, he it was his focus had returned, his mentality was there. He got he got a technical, you can see he was ready to play. You can almost see that he's got the playoffs in his sight. You'll see he's got a memory of the, you know, losing in the playoffs last year. And um, teams are going to have to be better against him, otherwise he's going to pick them apart. Well, he finished with 23 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 6 assists. Walker had 14 and 7. Jackson, 13. Uh, they had a couple other guys with uh, 11 and 6, Whelan and Nelson Henry. Uh, Armstrong, 21 and 10 clock, 19, McKnight, 13. It was 50 to 34 points in the paint in favor of the Riders. Let's go to Saturday night. Surrey Scorchers, 84, Plymouth City Patriots, 98. No uh, Stanley Davis still for uh, the Scorchers. Um, Patriots had a 7-1 run to, to 12 to 20, but then Scorchers uh, back in the lead, shooting the ball well, got 30 points in the in the first quarter and led by five. Defence in this game in the first quarter was, was abominable. Mm. Um, 
the very first defensive play, sorry, somebody doubled off, uh, doubled onto Hassan when he caught the ball 15 feet with his back to the basket and that doubled off the near side corner where Simons was wide open. Mm. Simons is mm. one of the best starters shooters, three-point shooters in the league. And he missed it. But as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh dear. Mm. This is this is they're not gonna be able to stop this team because that's that's the dumbest to make the dumb to make a dumb play in the first possession of the game is tough. Second possession of the game, Williams comes down the court, um, one dribble to his left, past his man, straight down the lane for a dunk. There's nobody within 15 feet of him. Mm. Plymouth got a little bit comfortable because they were scoring. Then Surrey came back and Plymouth Plymouth actually started their best lineup because we've been talking about that. They started Raul Graham Bell. And um, and Simons, so so they didn't have Ubiaro and didn't have King starting, so PJ has made that move now, and um, I think Plymouth's bench got a little bit stuck when Surrey made that run, so they got stuck offensively. Surrey just made shots. Let's be honest. I mean, every team in the BBL can make shots. Macklemore made a ridiculous shot in the buzzer, you know, and, and all those other guys. They can make shots. They're all guys who can put the ball in the basket. Um, but their defense was never going to stand up to the whole game of Plymouth going prodding them in the paint because where Leicester had been able to wall the paint off with their big guys, so he had no such discipline. And ultimately, uh, I think they gave them up fifty odd, fifty five by half time. Well, the the three forty six to go, uh, it was thirty eight thirty five. The next thirteen points were scored by the Patriots to make it thirty eight forty eight. I just wrote ball game after that. Um, they did get to nine in the third quarter, but then had an 18-2 run to 58-82. Was no, I kind of stopped watching after half-time, I'm afraid. I watched it just vaguely because the die was cast. You know, the, the defence, I'm afraid, um, there wasn't enough physical competitiveness in the defence for me. Yeah. And you have to have that with Leicester and Hassan had his way in under the basket. I was the same. I'd been out for, for dinner and I'd come back into what I watched first quarter before I went out, came in to watch the rest of it and my laptop died in the third quarter and I couldn't be bothered to, to plug it in. Didn't watch the end. Um, so, sorry, mathematically 10th. So we have two spots in the league uh, secured. Wow. Uh, Teo Gundengby 21. Um, Devin Thomas had 16 and 8. Hamrick 15. Uh, Williams had 28 points and nine uh, assists. Hassan had 23 points. Those two combined for 19 of 27 shooting for 50 points. It's a bit different than last, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tough to, tough to beat that. Uh, let's go on to today's game, starting in uh, Manchester, where the Giants beat the Scorchers 85-67. Uh, Lewis still out. Armstrong on the bench. Um, didn't play for some reason. Hudson uh, started uh, instead. Obviously, Davis is still out. Um, Artisan with a big dunk to start the game. Then he had two threes. They're 17-2 out after four minutes. You think oh, this game is over uh, over already? Um, well, I didn't watch this. I'm afraid I was on a train between um, London, um, King's St. Pancras and Gatwick. Somewhere. Airport and I'm afraid the Wi-Fi weren't great, and this was not the game I was going to watch, even if it was great. No. Um, sorry, I noticed from the stats, sorry, we're missing it. Ringer wasn't playing. Um, also, Hamrick, I don't think was playing either. Um, and I mean, they're just waiting for the season to end. To be fair to them, um, uh, 
Wanless and, and Thomas talking about, I had this three screens on, so this was, once it got to 17-2, this was the one I would just occasionally yeah. look to see how many Manchester were leading by. Um, they got it from 23 to 15, and then Teo, I could, I could just hear, I've got three commentaries on at the same time, and the Mark Woods and, and Kieran Achara were slightly louder than, but then I could just hear Jason going, oh, Teo, Teo can score, you know, Teo can take over, and I suddenly looked, and it was Five minutes ago, it was 64.58. And I was like, wow, um, Teo, Teo had taken over. And they got it to 67.63 after an M1 with, uh, with, with three minutes to go. And then Artisan hit a three, Anderson hit a three, and it was a 10-point game. And then that, that, was, that was it. So they did keep going, to be fair, sorry. Well, credit point. to them. Um, shorter rotation as well, that might have yeah, helped. Yeah. The yeah, shorter the rotation, the easier it is. Because you, you you have to play towards your fault if you it's your fault if it goes wrong, so you have to play. Yeah. Artisan uh, three or four from three point range for seventeen points and some pretty good dunks as well. Uh, Anderson fourteen and nine. They had five guys in double figures. Eleven of twenty eight from three point range. Thomas twenty and eleven. Teo sixteen. Mclemore fifteen. Twenty one of sixty two. Five of thirty from three. Five of thirty. Ouch. Yeah, tough, tough to win a game like this. So let's go to Glasgow eighty-three, London seventy-five. No Dirk Williams, no Jordan Williams. Obviously, neighbour and Joshua Wood Hibbert um, still out. So Robinson, having not played really the other night, into uh, big big minutes here, and it was his threes back to back early on that got them out to a eight thirteen lead. But then Rock scored the next. 14 points, 22 of the next 25 to lead 30 to 16 after a quarter. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Johnson dropped 37 on them mm. about 10 days ago. Mm. Um, and yet they were still unable to guard him in this game. <laughs> you know, this is what I come down to, you know, planning, you know, I mean, the guy beats you once, that's fine. You know, it shouldn't happen if you, if you properly scouted it because you know who's trying to beat you. He beats you once, that's fine. If he does, comes out the second goal, and he was well, he was fired up for this game because obviously they still got the whole Reese Harris thing going on mm. in there in, in Glasgow's heads, if nothing else. And um, the urgency with which Glasgow played certainly early was, you know, was, was greater um, than the urgency with which London played. Um, I noticed they started um, Tawaya and, and Kelly, mm. and which is about as diametrically opposite. A length that compared to what they had at the beginning of the seasons, you could ever imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it just—it literally is. Every game is different. Every every game got different guys on the bench. Um, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to try. You know, Kajini when he played five minutes in the first half in this game. Um, I, I can't imagine what it's like for these players to try and get their head around what's going on. Mm. There's just a lack of any degree of rule. Rule. Um, definition and that in april is enough to to, to sink a team in a game yeah. um and glasgow actually got up early but then i kind of watched more of the second quarter than i did the first quarter so did you see so i boring. i think i think artisan had a dunk at the exact uh wrong moment for as far as i was on because i sort of looked over at that well, the technical and then and then, and then i looked back and i sort of caught the end of the reaction to it so did you see robinson yeah. got an unsportsmanlike foul Johnson reacted and got a technical, and that was his third. And Kieran on commentary was suggesting that he should have got a bit of a pass because the foul was so hard. What, did you see it? Yeah, I think he's wrong. No, I did see it. I thought yeah. the foul was 
Rustin kind of grabbed him and Jordan, Jordan Johnson goes very fast. Mm. It was a good call for an unsportsmanlike foul, but it wasn't like he laid him out with a clothesline or anything like that. Um, Jordan Johnson, though, he got back, he came back up and he made an absolute beeline, an aggressive, aggressive yeah. beeline for Robinson. And you can't give a pass for how hard a foul is. You know, yeah, if you're a referee, yeah, yeah. There's, there's conduct which you accept and there's conduct which you don't, because otherwise it's likely to spill over and be a, you know, end up being a fist fight. And the aggressive move, and if Jordan Johnson hadn't been stopped by somebody else from getting hold of Justin Robinson, yeah, um, then it could have been a lot worse than that. So yeah. I don't, I can't, no, I can't accept. I think I don't, I don't have any criticism. That, around that was him. my take, but I only caught the end of it, so I didn't know whether I'd missed something. And I think you've got, you've got to tee him up, and um, it, it's unfortunate because yeah, you, there, you, you can't take the law into your own hands in an aggressive. Um, Way now, of course, there's a background between Harris and Reese in the last game, yeah. so that's in the players' minds, and that's what's caused Johnson, who's not been like that all season, to, to react in that way. And that game needed to be calmed down, so yeah, it's tough, but you know, you're better off banging your head and staying on the floor. So, yeah, it was 30 to 28 with seven and a half minutes to go, but obviously, that's his third foul, so he doesn't play for the remainder of the half, and they kind of fell mm. apart with him, uh, without yeah, him, um, and 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 actually. Lions uh, outscored them fourteen to six. I thought they should. I thought they should have been closer. They were only, they were only down ten. They were only up ten at half time, and I thought, I thought it should have been closer than that. To be honest with well, you, yeah, I, 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 I just didn't see. You know, you've got Ryan Martin sitting standing in the corner now. He's shooting threes in the corner. You've got, um, could you say could you not really play? And you've got Kabuza playing without any particular role. You've got the whole uncomfortable kind of recent Robinson thing because they haven't played enough minutes together to, to kind of figure it out. Um, and and then you've got the Kelly into line as well, which, you know, is, it's just a whole whole mess. Um, you know, they're, they're more complicated and convoluted now than they were, they have been all season. Not more play, And then they've got more trouble and more players come back and they've all got to give them minutes. Yeah. And then, as I say, the initiative with the coach, because it's the GM and the coach, appear to be, you know, spending as much time talking to each other before talking to the players. Um, just a bit of a mess. And they couldn't get back in the second half, from what I could see. Watch most of it, but Glasgow, you always felt, just had enough. Well, they, they had a... Washburn Washburn was given a wide-open one, and when that went in, and you could hear Kieran going, well, he can shoot, so you need to get out to him. Um, and they did, they did actually, in the fourth quarter... Washburn hit two more. Kajini hit one as well. Got it to 68-66. Um, but then they got to 72-68, 3.15 to go. Hillsman missed two free throws. Johnson got the offensive rebound. Tawia fouled out. Advanced Johnson, that is. Uh, yeah. And then um, then uh, I've got John. Uh, Johnson then makes both those free throws. Reese fell over. Basically, on a on a on a turnover, Hillsman gets fouled. He goes one for two. It's seventy five, sixty eight, and then um, Harris on the fast break, seventy seven, sixty eight. So, with looking like it might be dicey for them in the last few minutes, they quickly put it back to a to a comfortable margin. And then London had an air ball, and Hillsman hit a shot clock buzzer beater, and they were How they. How is that London team scoring seventy points a game? Mm-hmm. Sorry, just, just, just. You give me that, that that degree of talent. How, just how, even without Dirk Williams, mm. even without the guys who are on the bench, 
that's just it's just it's just crazy. And particularly when Justin went off and had about 25 points and basically carried them. If he hadn't showed up, I don't know who else would have. So um Jordan Johnson, nine of eleven from the floor, eight of eight from the free throw line for 29 very efficient points. Uh Harris was in two games. Yeah. Harris yeah. was um 23 points off 10 of 14 shooting. Hillsman had 15 and 10. Murray and uh, Vance Johnson were a combined two of 20 shooting, but Vance had 11 rebounds and three blocks, and Murray had 10 assists and four steals. So they did. Yeah, they were all 14. They were up by 10. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Washburn with five of nine from behind the arc for 17. Robinson had 17. Reese, six of 16 shooting for 13 points and seven assists. Let's go to the final game. Cheshire Phoenix, 71. Sheffield Sharks, 60, uh, 76, sorry. Uh, no Dickerson, no Wallace. I didn't mention that in the Bristol game. Yeah. He seemed to be moving a bit. I didn't notice what he did because I was watching on Synergy. Um, but he seemed to be moving a bit laboured and obviously didn't play in this game. So that puts Johnson into the starting lineup rather than yeah. the offensive punch uh, off the bench. And the stream for this was all over the shop. So it was quite hard to keep on top of it because it, at one point it just dropped out and I pressed play and I kept getting the intro to some other game. And then when it would come on, it would speed up and slow down and there was no comms and it was all a bit. What I did see was Sheffield leading, but not by much for for most of the most of the first yeah, half. Yeah, I mean, again, it was Sheffield doing what they do. They would drag yeah. it, you know, on the road, they, they, they'd drag you into a half-court game. Cheshire don't have the, the punch off the bench now that Austin is having to start um, and that they're down on bodies. So they're kind of, both teams are kind of made for a half-court game. Um, I, I had the same difficulties as you in the third quarter, and it kind of got interesting down at the end in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, but Sheffield always had that little gap, and Sheffield made the plays down the end to make the difference. So they did get to a 10 in the third quarter with Nichols scoring well. Then threes from Teddy Okarafo either side of the fourth quarter break, got it down to five right, hit a three, Ocharobia inside, and it was a two point game with five to play. It was still 67 70 into uh, going into the last couple of minutes but a nice euro step uh to the basket from kipper nichols made it 67 72 with 140 to go bradley was fouled and made two free throws um they both missed threes and then sheffield uh there was a jump ball called on a on a on a loose loose possession with 51 seconds to go and sheffield are up three at that point called a timeout to advance the ball and I, I i think that was why they called it a timeout it looked it like Mark was, and it? said that because the shot clock was actually at 19 and they'd had difficulty getting it forward so just yeah, well, yeah well ronnie glasgow had got a rebound but he dribbled it backwards and austin's mm. very quick and austin got his hand in there and stole it. there's an interesting point about this now i'm gonna ask about this because if anybody knows feel free to tell me um the reason they called that timeout was because one of the referees actually said to a table lions you can see the signal he says you have three he said three seconds and uh, now i didn't see that what i did see was marco bakovic jump up well, off the bench and say something to him that's when marco bakovic jumped up when oh, the okay. came across and said that and then he immediately caught because i don't I, I already figured it out and i'm thinking mm. you're gonna call a time okay and i don't know if that's appropriate or not i don't know if refs are meant to do that um you know basically to remind the tier 
to, to say, oh, you've got 19 seconds on the shot clock. I mean, it's an unusual situation because it's a jump ball, and I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah. If, that's, yeah, yeah. if that's meant to be, if that's what a referee's expected to do, or whether it's a matter for the player, I think if I'd been on the other side, I wouldn't be very happy about that mm. because if it's, it's up to the team to do it. But no, that was a smart timeout. It's what you have to do. And Bradley had previously shot, I think, an ill-advised three at the top of the key, which I thought meant yeah. because you know, the Cheshire were meant to be done. And then um, then they switched on on a screen on Rod Glasgow, and he just on Kyle Carey, he had Kyle Carey in front of him, and he knocked down the three. Um, that's what I said before about Johnson. You know, when you switch on screens at the end of games, that gives the shooter the green light to shoot it. And when they've got the green light to shoot it, it's more likely to go in. Yeah. Yeah, and and that made it 69-75 with 36.2 seconds to go. Now, Ben Thomas was arguing, uh, he called a timeout at that point, and he was arguing with the official. I wondered whether he was arguing for a for a five-second violation on Cook, because when Cook got the ball in bounds, yeah. he was trying to pass it out. And the, the rule is a closely guarded player must pass, shoot, or dribble with the ball within five seconds, and closely guarded is within a meter, which he definitely yeah. was. I mean, it was close, but to get that call at that time of the game, you know, you, it's, you know, refs got to be absolutely sure. Mm. And, you know, they, they shot it on 36. They hadn't had possession of that long. So maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I remember once going back in the game, we played at Surrey where I think we'd forced a nine-second violation at us, which hadn't been called. Mm. <laughs> um, you watched it on the clock and it was nine seconds and you get frustrated. Mm. But that's just the way. It, it, it's a hard call for a ref to make at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, timeout advanced the ball. Bradley quickly scored 71 75. Um, but they weren't over the limit, so they needed three fouls, yeah, yeah. uh, to send Johnson to the line. So they lost nine seconds as a result of that. He made one for two, 71 76. They advanced the ball, Cheshire, right, Mr. Three. Ochorobia got blocked, and then Austin missed a three, and that was the game. Yeah, good, good weekend for Sheffield. Mm, very good. So, right with 17, Teddy had uh, 15, although they were 8 of 22 combined. Uh, Bradley, 15. Nichols led uh, Sheffield with 22 points. Uh, Johnson, 16. And uh, Glasgow, 13 points and 9 assists. And just before we go and free up your, your <laughs> the rest of your clan, um, let's have a quick look at the table. Uh, we have four people, four teams qualified for the playoffs as a result of this weekend's action, they are Leicester Riders, Sheffield Sharks, and Manchester Giants, and London Lions. We have one team eliminated, the Surrey Scorchers. So, uh, Riders are the champions, 22 and 2 at the top. Um, and then I've sort of split it down here because I think we've got three going for the other spots, which is Sheffield Sharks, 14 and 9, Manchester Giants, 14 and 10, and London Lions, 13 and nine and i'll just give the head-to-head -head situation uh between these teams so london and sheffield are tied at one game apiece with one still to play uh sheffield have a two nil lead over manchester with one to play and manchester are tied uh one and one with london with one game to play and in the points difference sheffield have the best of it manchester have the worst of it so far so there's those those two uh, those games between those teams are going to decide the order in which they finish by the looks of it. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure it make much difference to the level of who they play in the playoffs, but um, well, quite because there's not two, that two, much of a difference. Two, yeah, two, yeah. Seven is really looking pretty pretty much the same, isn't it? So then the other four playoff spots, four through eight, are being decided by five teams, and as it stands, Cheshire are twelve 
and 13. Glasgow are 11 and 12. Plymouth are 10 and 14. Bristol are 9 and 12. And Newcastle are 8 and 14. I've got the tiebreakers for them as well. And it's fair to say Cheshire are in a very good spot in all of that. Because oh, Cheshire, Cheshire. Cheshire have won the head-to-head with Glasgow, Plymouth, Newcastle. Uh, they haven't won it with Bristol. They're one and one. They've still got one game to play. Glasgow also are in a good spot with the head-to-head because they've won it with Plymouth, 2-0 with one to play, won it with Bristol, 2-1. Um, they obviously have lost to Cheshire and they have lost to Newcastle as well, but still one game to play against the Eagles, which could push them too far away to be well, Cheshire, look, I mean, Cheshire and Plymouth, are, Cheshire and Glasgow are in, no question. Um, you then have um, Bristol, Newcastle and Plymouth and um, Newcastle have to play Bristol twice and Plymouth once. Yes. So yeah, the head-to-head so situation those, in those... Those games will determine yeah. which of those teams get in, I think. The head-to-head in those situations is Plymouth are 2-1 winners against Bristol. Plymouth and Newcastle are tied one apiece. And as you say, they play the last last game yeah. of the season, I think it is, yeah, down right. in Plymouth. That could be for all the marbles, that, couldn't it? And and yeah. Bristol and Newcastle. Bristol lead one nothing with the two two games to play. So you're you're saying you're you're punching the ticket for Cheshire and Glasgow, then yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No way I don't think Newcastle winning what four out of five. They'd have to yeah. win. They've been three games in four days over Easter. I think to, to say that Newcastle will win um five out of five, I think we'd have to we'd have to win to get to take Cheshire out. Um I just don't see that happening. Um, I'm not sure that Bristol will win that, that many either, given the I think the Newcastle Bristol games will be definitive, to be honest. Yeah. Um Newcastle win both those games and you expect Newcastle to to get that spot ahead of Bristol because they have the head to head and a game advantage. If they don't win both those games, then it's probably Bristol and Plymouth you'd expect. Yeah. Newcastle have a game at Surrey as well, though. So if you think about it, they have, they have two games at Bristol, two Bristol, one Surrey, one Plymouth. So you know, four, and I think Glasgow at home. So, you know, four out of five would get, or maybe even three out of five would get them in because of the teams that they're beating. Well, you've gone from they're not going to win four games to going, well, if they win four out of five, they. No, I think it would get them in if they, if they yeah, win yeah, those yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Think they will. I don't think they're not, not, they're not winning enough to beat. There's no way they're going to win every game, and Cheshire aren't going to win another game. Um, and the same with Glasgow. Glasgow got beating teams now. On an upward trajectory. Yeah, um, the, and the and the but, problem for Newcastle is they've already lost their head to head with Glasgow. So exactly. So so I don't see that. Um, have they? Yeah, nil two. I'm sorry, Newcastle have the head to head with Glasgow. What we're talking about? Two, head head with Glasgow. So, so actually, that gives that. I I think you're right about Cheshire. I wouldn't argue about that. I just I don't I don't expect Glasgow uh, not to win. The point being is that if, if Newcastle do win those games, then it means yeah. that Bristol are losing those games. Yeah, 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 true, true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so it's very difficult for them to get, yeah. to get yeah. both teams to climb above them. So uh, quite an achievement by Glasgow there from where they were uh, four weeks ago. Uh, yeah, well, that's what happens when you get to play every game in the, every game in the world at home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are nine and three. They are nine and three at home. The only team with a better home record than that is Leicester, eleven and zero. Manchester also yeah, nine and three. That's good. It's yeah. good for them. You know, it's it's a it's a um, league which is dependent upon situational, you know, 
fixtures. They're, and they're, they're two and nine away from home, home, so they have the second worst away record. But there you go. Yeah. I need to catch up there away again. Right. I've, cool. I've taken up way too much of your time. I don't know what we're doing next Sunday, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm probably the Hulk and the Velocicoaster. Are you? Okay. If okay. I'm I'll find we'll, a way. We'll, we'll work something out for next week, but uh, for now, we'll, we'll leave Dave and his family to some peace. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next sometime. Goodbye. Goodbye.